Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we are capping off 2023 with a very special episode. We'll be talking about five James Dean biopics released between the years of 1976 and 2015. And they capture all different periods of his life. So we'll be going in chronological order based on those time frames rather than like release dates. But I guess, yeah, we could just start off with what we thought of all these films just in general and how we feel about them in relation to James Dean. So did you want to start, Louise? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, so what we normally do as well is we say if we had any thoughts about them beforehand. And I actually didn't have anything. I didn't know three out of five of these films existed. I only knew about the James Franco one and life. So it's quite interesting to see that there was from loads of different periods. There's always been this story about James Dean wanting to be told. Obviously, spoiler alert, like what we'll get into, not a lot of them are good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, four out of five, I think, are awful. <laughs> yeah. They're not awful, but they're just bad. Pretty bad. And, yeah. Which sucks because it's James Dean, isn't it? He wants that to be good, but then maybe it's just he's so enigmatic that he can't, he cannot be like written about or portrayed in the way that we want him to be. Well, what about you, Audrey? What's your thoughts? I'd heard of most of them, I think, before. And I will say a lot of them. It's not exceeded my expectations, but they weren't as terrible as I thought they would be. Something that is interesting about these films is, or just biopics in general, is they always make me appreciate their subject even more because it reveals like that, especially someone like James Dean, you can't capture that quality ever again. And anyone who tries to be him like definitely pales in comparison I mean I already love him so much but it just made me really realize and put into words why he's so special that I was having trouble with like when we recorded our other episode because I don't it's hard to describe yeah I think and I also liked that all of these movies like focused on something different like a different story a different time period so that kind of added some variety I think that's about all my before thoughts. Did you want to lead us in? Yeah. So we're going to start with, it's actually perfectly got the the name, the the time period in the title. Yeah. (laughs) So I started with Joshua Tree, 1951, a portrait of James Dean. And this is 2012, directed by Matthew Mishering. It it feels like a fan film. It feels Mm -hmm. like fan made, doesn't it? It's not. Um, and I also have a God, this is so snobby. I don't like fan made films. No, <laughs> I hate films that look mediocre that have no, not even no budget. Because obviously, great films can have no budget, but mm-hmm. it just looks so bad. It looks so like student made. I hate that. So we've got James Clarkson as James Dean. And we've got his roommate, who is just credited as the roommate. Who like he, he's with a law, he goes to Joshua Tree with. But also, this really sucks because this is actually probably the gayest film we've got out of all yeah. five. And I hate that it's the one I hate the most because, yeah. oh my God, this makes me sound like a homophobe. I am not, I swear. <laughs> it's just, this film is just awful. I'm happy that it does show that side of James. That's so good. But yeah, it's just not done in a very good way at all. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, I have thoughts. Say it. It feels <laughs> it, it feels like a porn film, quite graphic. But I'll just say the plot real quick. It's literally just yeah. Before he like makes it in Hollywood, I'm so glad we didn't have to see any of the recreations of this film because Hollywood is so rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> It's in black and white as well. It's trying to be mm-hmm. edgy and RE. It's not. It's rubbish. <laughs> um, yeah, it's basically just about just about him in New York, really, isn't it? In the 50s. There's nothing about James Dean at all. I've never, I would never have imagined this James in this film being an actor that we know James Dean to be. I can't imagine him being like just what what we've read about James Dean, I just don't see anything, any resemblance whatsoever. Looks wise, maybe okay, fine. Voice, no. Not at <laughs> Not all. Not at all. At the end, it says that the roommate was famous in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Who, are they, who is the roommate? It's not, it's not the, it's not Willie. It's not Willie, is it? Is it Willie? It, yeah, it's Bill It was Bass. Willie, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. He became um, like a screenwriter. I don't know if I would say he was famous but he was a screenwriter so that's what the film said and I'm like girl okay yeah okay (laughs) and we will encounter one of his screenplays next yeah he wrote one of these biopics yes exactly which is cool every character feels like a gay stereotype they've got these like men that are like really bitchy, drinking martinis by the pool. And first off, okay, I want to be friends with them. But also second, they're just horrid. There's just really bad caricatures mm-hmm. of, of what this Californian scene was like. It was just rubbish. It was so bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, oh, no, give, me some, give me some actual good okay. critiques of it. <laughs> okay, I got you there. This, yeah, this is a weird one because... It definitely leans into the fact that James was most likely bisexual. And I, I agree with what you said earlier, where I don't, I'm not upset about that whatsoever, but it's the way they present it in this film is like so uncomfortable and exploitative. Yeah. They paint Jimmy as a climber. And I know people associate him with that so much. And I hate that because he was actually to be taken advantage of by these extremely powerful men in Hollywood. And he got parts by sleeping with them, um, basically against his will. And so I hate that this film is like painting, like that he likes this and he's like doing this to further his career. Roger has this special table reserved for most nights so we don't have to wait outside the groupies and losers. Sounds like quite a scene. It's not like that. Rogers introduced me to some pretty influential people. Not just directors either. Writers. Real writers. For example, you remember that book you were talking about? Uh, the Life of Lutret? That's the one. Well... The other day we were having a bunch of Jasons with this really famous art dealer from Paris. And Roger mentioned that book. The guy asked for a telephone and called the writer right then and there. Long distance, his name's Pierre or something. It's Pierre, Pierre Lamieux. You seem cross. What's the matter? Nothing. Tell me the rest. Anyway, after we got off the phone with this guy, Pierre, we started talking about bullfighting. And of course, I mentioned how much I wanted to see a bullfight, a real bullfight. 
I'm sorry. I think they're brutal. You have to read Hemingway. I've read Hemingway. I hate Hemingway. I think it's like reading the newspaper. Roger doesn't see it like that. And I think if they'd done a film about the like the actual history, that would be really good and shed some new light. So, like, let's watch movie James Dean have sex with people, and I don't really want to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like James Dean, and there's no passion, like, behind this performance, and we see a lot of him in these acting classes, and he's horrible in them. There was this one scene, this watch scene that yes, they do in, yes, yeah, every yes, single yes, one of yes. these films, which is really funny, but... It's- funny that like the 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 comparisons that could be made like how yeah this is in the james franco one as well and things like that i think it's quite interesting and all like the the different iterations of kazan is quite interesting so the roommate was bill bast and he and james were good friends and they also had some relationship problems because they both at one point were like dating the same girl and so they used that feelings of anger and upset with that in this acting class when they had to do this scene where they were told to like fight over this watch and so yeah, but not even fight not fight at all why yeah. have to the watchmaker who isn't james the watchmaker watchmaker has to keep james in his shop for as long as he can because he's called the police but james doesn't know this now the acting teacher told james you've got to get that watch out as quick as possible because you've got a train to catch. So right. there's, there's that obviously that urgency and even know what's happening, even know what they've been told. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how James, what James does in this thing is so bad, especially because he does this in the James Franco one, but mm-hmm. it's done so well. <laughs> yeah. And here it's... Oh my God, sorry. Carry he on. Just yeah. like, <laughs> he just lunges across the table and tackles him and everybody in the class is just like, blown away their minds are blown they're like this is the best acting i've ever seen and i can't i thought i could not i was shocked when they started clapping yeah in the jimbo one what happens is that he yeah james dean beats up the watch guy but the teacher comes right in and tells him what are you doing like yeah don't do that did you fucking him yeah physically hold him back and the, the class makes us shocked Joshua Tree, it's happening, and they're like it all. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that movie Camp Rock? Yeah, of course. Have <laughs> I seen Camp Rock? <laughs> it reminded me of that scene when the girl is like playing her little piano or something, and Demi Lovato is like, "Wow, she's so good." <laughs> That's exactly what that scene reminded me of. It's just, no, he's, that's not good. No, it's rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Oh my God. It was so serious to the point of parody almost. Yeah, yeah 100%. It's close to blonde. Okay. That's how bad it is and how rubbish it is at telling this person's story. Dang. Where it verges on, yeah, parody. And I don't think anyone really cares about this movie, so I don't have a problem with that really, but... I think with some of the other ones I do more with the lying or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because the main thing that they focus on with James in this film is his sex life, which I just think 
regardless of who the film might be about, I just don't need to see that in a way. I, If it's a real person, I, that's their personal life. And I, that's not like something I need to take part in. Especially because I don't think James is like known for just going around and picking up random guys like he does in this film. And I just think that's disrespectful. Just be like, he was really horny all the time. And Oh, well, you can say that about someone. Yeah. And it's not, but it's not coming from a place of homophobia. I just want to make that clear. Like, yeah, I know. the worst thing is that it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just really it's the not, presentation not. Yeah. in yeah. this film. Yeah, 100%. Plus, yeah, there's just like zero point to this entire movie. There's no yeah, plot. Why did they make it? I don't why? know. So then that makes the whole sex thing like seem like they just want it to be about that because that's the only thing that happens. Yeah, it's like shock factor. This could be an interesting story because this was a a good period in his life where he was, this was before he went to New York, but he'd already been in Hollywood for a while, but he wasn't really getting work that he was happy with. And so he was trying to learn how to become a better actor and I think they do try to focus on that a little bit with the classes and stuff, but I don't know. It just comes off like over the top and performative that I just, I, I didn't really care that much. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I don't, I think that's about oh, it for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I would not recommend it one bit. It's, it's just not good. I've always asked for films to be set during one specific time period, but then this was rubbish. Hate every second of it. Yeah, not a recommend for me at all. Yeah, same. Next, we could talk about the first biopic from 1976, James Dean. And this was a TV film written by Jimmy's friend slash roommate, William Bast. It's about his time in the 50s when he's in Hollywood a little bit and then he goes to New York and starts training really to be an actor. And it's really just focused on their relationship with each other and then Bast's struggle to tell Jimmy's story. It's directed by Robert Butler who, little fun fact, knew the real James Dean. Back in the 50s, he, Robert Butler, was in charge of the CBS ushers, one of whom was James Dean, and he fired him. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. And then he directed this movie about him, so that's I love that. <laughs> yeah. But well, we have... fired James Dean. Yeah, I think I'd be a little embarrassed to to admit that but (laughs) give that to yourself yeah it stars Stephen McHattie as James Dean then we have Michael Brandon as William Bast Brooke Adams has one scene but she's top billed as Beverly who was William's girlfriend and we have Meg Foster playing Dizzy Sheridan just a slew of other actors who just appear in one scene yeah. So what did you think of this one, yeah. Louise? This is an old one. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this film. I think, because it is, I think Steve McHattie did a good job as James Dean. I think he had the letdown. 
sometimes I've made literally made this note saying sometimes he looks like him and sometimes he doesn't like yeah it's kind of weird I think it's it's weird isn't it yeah I think with the glasses he looks like him a lot I feel like he's got his mannerisms quite well voice again I think is a no but I think yeah. we're gonna get off for everyone his voice was very hard mm-hmm. to replicate my biggest issue with this film though is this drama is that I don't I think it's doesn't benefit from having William Bass as the writer. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should have wrote this film because it's too much about him. The screenplay is too much about him. Now, I'd love it if it was just about him and like how James Dean came into his life, how it shaped it. But no, the film's called James Dean. It's a James Dean film. Mm-hmm. Bill is like the worst character ever. He's constantly like saying in his voiceover, why are my friends with him? Mate, you're lucky to be friends with him. Like, (laughs) I'm so lucky. And they keep mentioning that he's a writer. And I'm like, oh, wow, who wrote this? So I think that's the biggest thing for me. I think it's like too close to hope. I really like their relationship though. A good thing maybe was their like the relationship between James and Billy. Which was nice to see. And you know, there was some erotic subtext put in. Like, yeah. it's good. like we're, we're we're trying to break away from the homophobia allegation yeah. <laughs> it's just the movie i swear it's just the film i yeah no literally <laughs> so that was good i really did like their relationship and it focused on that a lot and i loved as well doing just being in new york they do try and shoehorn in at the end his 30 minutes of films which kind of was a bit like oh yeah they just had to do that did it Hey, but it was right about it. It was fine. A little bit forgettable. I won't lie. A bit forgettable. From my perspective, I thought it was weird that Bass wrote himself to be such a wet blanket. Did you get that too? It's a wet blanket. But I think that's like, but I think that's him trying to be like, look, I did nothing wrong. I was a good boy. I did mm-hmm. no partying. I didn't, I didn't sleep in a Like, I was a good boy. <laughs> yeah. But he just, I'm like, I was really surprised. Like, he was pretty he's lame to me like so lame yeah 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 <laughs> like why would you do that to yourself <laughs> yeah he, I think he just tried to make but, James so like such a different figure to himself yeah. but yeah it doesn't look good for him <laughs> no <laughs> I agree like that in a way him Bast writing this kind of added some little easter eggs I guess you could say but then also it felt very one-sided the main thing that came stood out for me with that was with the with Pierre Angeli like Bass does not like Pierre and he has said that and she just gets like one scene in this entire film that's just like a perfect example of him writing this to sort of like fit his own narrative which was very disappointing god I don't even remember the Pierre scene that's how little it was because in 90s and in 2001, and even in a bit of life, she, I was really shocked at how much we get peer, how much peer content we get. And yeah, that dodgy, isn't it? Yeah. She has one scene in this, it's when she's getting married to Vic Damone, and Bass just has this voiceover of, they dated for a while, and she was like the love of his life, but then she got married to Vic Damone. And then that was it. If she's supposedly the love of his life, why does she have one scene? Sounds uh. like someone was jealous. <laughs> yeah so I didn't like that I'll talk more about Pierre later but that was the main thing where I felt he was definitely rewriting history a little bit 
And your one-sided comment is very true because, yeah, it's it's all from his perspective. And obviously, we can't get Jimmy's perspective, but that's not on in a way. It is all from his point of view, from Bass's point of view. It's a bit dodgy. He and Jimmy weren't really with each other a lot, especially like near the end of his life. So I think yeah. he also like wrote himself in oh, when no. when <laughs> when Jimmy was making Giant because he was not there. Yeah. So okay, but I'm also not saying I hate Bast. I think he's offered a lot of good information about Jimmy, but I just think what? it's disappointing that. With something as mainstream as a film, you would do stuff like that. Yeah. But. It's different talking about a friend and making quotes for them than writing a film about them as well. I think that's just, you could tell, you could talk about him in the documentary, but this is a, biopics aren't fiction, but it's fictionalized. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a whole different, you've got to make it for the plot, the film, like you've got to write a script for a film. And I think that's where he's left his friend He's gone like the route of a Hollywood sensationalist film about him. And like, I think he just forgot what he was doing mm-hmm. at his heart. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot about his acting. Yeah. Like they talk about it, but they don't show it. Yeah. You know, the ambition is not there. No, 100%. The only time it works for me is the James Franco one. Yes. Yeah. But that's yeah, the yeah, one they really it. only give, they give time to also. Yes. yes. Yeah. But it's you can't talk about James Dean and not talk about acting. And but then you, you can't portray James Dean and be a bad actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One piece of acting I did like mm-hmm. was that I liked at the beginning of this film they showed him in his Macbeth role. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And like I think he was he wasn't the Beth, but Malcolm, yeah. who's Malcolm. Yeah, Prince Malcolm. And Prince Malcolm. And all that it was so cool because yeah. they don't there's probably no footage back. Just some photos. Just photos. But when they're watching him, William is off state, is in the wings with someone else. And the guy, he says, he he never remembers James Dean's name and it will never be seen in lights. So I was like, oh, yeah. come on. Like, oh. That made me roll my eyes. <laughs> I mean, subtle writing much? Not. Every single one of these films, they did this sort of like wink nudge thing where they were like, oh, he'll never be famous. Or they do it with the car. And they'd be like, yeah. stop driving so fast. Oh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> it's really just awful. Like, we know what you're doing. Yeah. It's a weak nudge mm-hmm. to, a dumb, to the dumbest thing ever or the yeah. most horrible thing ever, him dying. It's just yeah. ridiculous. So come on, William Bass. You could do better. Yeah. You knew him. You were friends with him. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing these quippy lines? I'll never remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, then the there's a little bit in California and then he goes yeah. to New York and we meet Dizzy Sheridan. And this is the only film she's actually in, which is cool, but I don't it's they don't develop their relationship at all. Because all the a lot of stuff in this happens in like these weird montages too. So I think like a lot of the interesting scenes aren't interesting because there's no dialogue. It's just like these PowerPoint slides. Yeah. (laughs) Jimmy, Dizzy, and Bass go to back to Fairmount at some point. Which I thought was quite good because um, we didn't see that on the farm. Mm -hmm. But he goes on about it all the time now. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't, they don't stop letting you know that he was from Indiana. (laughs) 
what I take the bit out of James Dean is from love, okay? Yeah. <laughs> God, <if that laughs> no, point, don't stop talking about the farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's weird to me, like, how all of these movies, even the James Franco one, they start when he's, like, 20 or something. They just completely skip over, yeah, all, like, everything in his almost his entire life so it's a yes, little bit strange yeah. and then they, yeah, uh, we just get these like corny yeah. backstories where he's yeah my mom died and my dad and I don't get along and I'm like this is really heavy awful traumatizing yeah. stuff and they're just like here's these little like fun facts about James Dean that we need to put in it's the exposition dumps there's too many mm-hmm. we do get a flashback scene in Franco one at home and stuff which was good we finally got something but it's still yeah it's, not, it's done very biopic it's, it's not, not the best good. yeah way to do it there but yeah it's all exposition dumps it's all just him because in this film in in this 1936 one bass says to him it's a bit like swear on your mother's grave read Bro. the room yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when james Dean is like well actually yeah she's dead I think like, imagine watching that, not knowing that. Yeah. But they've just dropped that on it. It's it's so so done. But yeah, it's just all exposition dumps. I'm certain in this film they barely mention his dad. I don't even know anything about his dad. Yeah, I don't think he's in this. I only no, check I my don't think he is. Which is really he's weird. Any sort of like development that could be had in this film just doesn't exist or it's like super surface level. And so I just think it's a shame that someone that actually knew James Dean wasn't able to really write something that felt that personal to me. Yeah. That's beautifully put. It's not personal at all. No. We got an East of Eden premiere, which is Mm -hmm. quite cool, but then nothing happened. Yeah. But weirdly, in a lot of the films that will come up in in Franco and Life, I think, mm-hmm. he doesn't go to the premiere. Yeah, he didn't go. Then what is that about? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why did why they did focus go? on it so much? Or? Yeah, like, why, why did, in the 76th one, then, he didn't go? So why on earth did they show him going? It makes no sense. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. weird. But I thought the whole thing was that fact that he did watch himself in a cinema. I was on the side of the 76th one. Yeah. This says he was neither at the premiere nor the opening. Okay. But yeah, so this has this movie has like the preview in yes. New York. Bass gets really upset because he sees now that James is a good actor. I didn't understand that scene. So, it makes me so mad. He's always jealous of him. And mm-hmm. He's always just really horrid about his, him being famous. Mm-hmm. And that's what really made me angry about this film. This guy just always wants to shoot down his friend or something. Yeah. It's bizarre. Lily, didn't you hear me knocking? Sorry, I didn't feel like talking to anyone. What's going on? Why didn't you stick around after the preview? Couldn't face it. Pitch is that bad, huh? (laughs) Bad. Why didn't you tell me so I could be prepared? figured good, you know, but man, I wasn't ready for something like that. King Kong and Cinemascope. No boat. I'm really happy for you. Happy for me. Well, a little sorry for yourself? 
guess it shows, huh? <laughs> Always did. I'm dense or something. But so help me, I had no idea. I don't know what I thought you were up to these past few years. But I never imagined it was anything like... Watching you up there tonight? Believing every word? Every move, every gesture. All of a sudden, it hit home. It can happen. This is what it's all about. It's not just some dumb dream. It's not a crazy kid game we've been playing. It's for real. to you you made it happen yeah plus then they somehow make that into jimmy was a bad person yeah awful and i get that with all of these movies and i just i hate that so much yeah yeah they don't make him nice at all which actually really annoys me yeah even when even when the best obviously the nicest portrayal is maybe the franco one mm-hmm. but then he would go and do something and i'd be like oh wait i can't explain that yeah <laughs> i can't forgive that yeah why are we so obsessed with making him out to be this horrible person it's so weird i, I really don't like it though because that i know he had a lot of issues but yeah. to say the least but it just feels like they just want to show him being like this jerk who just skated along and that's not the case at all like he worked so hard he was so dedicated when he was professional he was very professional and a lot of people worked with him have really only like good things to say about his work ethics yeah I just think it does matter to portray someone at least more accurately or like more fully than these movies do um, and you say that so beautifully, which is further down the point that this is written by his friend. Yeah. He and should he even do that. Do that, yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. Very I, And I think, too, this movie probably didn't even need to focus on his film career. I, I think they no. could have just done their friendship. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. This one would have benefited just being in New York and in the bit at the beginning as well. So, sure. And just show like day-to-day pre-fame James Dean. They just are like, we have to put in all of these like facts about James. Like he loves the little prince and he likes to play the bongos and the recorder and he likes bullfighting. And I was not prepared for the bongo content we were going to get. I did not know this about James Dean. And then there's like all the films. Yeah. He was always carrying around his bongos. In the Franco one, he called them Congos because someone called them Bongos and he went, no, they're Congos. What? (laughs) Yeah. I read that Bongos all the time and then that Ah. scene happened and I was like, oh, wait, because Bongos are smaller, I think. Okay. Bongos are like small and there's two of them. Yeah. 
Wait a sec. Whoa. Okay. That's weird because it. Yeah, it's one tall. It's one tall one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they put all that stuff in, but it just didn't feel like very natural. Hey, remember this about James Dean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, we put it in this movie. Exactly. (laughs) The wig nudge. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I noticed that I liked, which was in this film, and they don't do this in any of the other movies, but James wore his glasses, but he always like put them down on his nose. (laughs) Think of that. This is the only movie where he does that. That was good. Yeah. I remember there was this scene in the movie where Bill once again got mad, but Jimmy was like talking to these people somewhere and he was like telling this joke about a violinist. I don't know if you remember that, but that was like his, one of his favorite jokes to tell. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what was the joke? I can't remember the joke. I can't. It was just offhand. I can't. I don't remember the joke off the top of my head, but it was something about how this violinist plays has to play this Schoenberg piece and he tells the conductor that it's impossible to do he needs six fingers and then the conductor is like I'll wait oh <laughs> the groan I'm sorry oh that was so bad oh Jay it makes me love him even more though yeah. <laughs> yeah that was his favorite joke apparently so that's so fun that if a joke makes me groan, I think that's a good thing. Love it. <laughs> and then there was one other thing, which is like in his apartment, he had this noose. And Ooh. that was something he set up. So when people walked in the door, they would <laughs> be looking in this mirror across the room and their head would be <laughs> their Sundays. He is such a jokester. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I there's some points for that. Yes. Yeah. That's where William Bats the friend comes in. Like, that's good. Put that in. Yeah. I like that. But I don't think I'd recommend this. What about you? Yeah, I think if you're really interested in it, maybe. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't seek it out as like a, a fun watch. Or yeah. So I like it. But yeah. it is on YouTube. It's only on YouTube. So it's there if you want it. So, and I um, what are we doing? Oh, oh wait, no, we're doing life. We're doing life. We're still in 50s New York with this next film. Mm-hmm. Actually, the only place we're in a way, because we don't really go to Hollywood in this film. No, Thank not God. really. I did not need to see the red jacket again. Not again. Yeah, there's but no wait, 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 film recreation. No, no, exactly. Yes, we will take that. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So this is Life, directed by Anton Corbin, who's Quite a fair bit of biopics. He did a biopic about the lead singer of Joy Division, okay. Control, which I've not seen, but I've heard very good things about. So I was like, okay, interesting. Maybe he's this is his niche. And it's, it's kind of a product of its time because this mm-hmm. is 2015. And then the starring role as James Dean is Dane DeHaan. And I don't know if you remember, but this was Dane DeHaan's year, 2014, okay. 2015. He was in everything and then he dropped off completely oh. and then he was just in Oppenheimer this year <laughs> he did nothing since then wow. and so I think they cast him as James Dean purely because he was like so up and coming I mm. only know all this because I think now this is like all, all <laughs> inside like, knowledge inside knowledge right <laughs> <laughs> I used to be obsessed with David Han after oh, him okay. in, in Spider-Man and I was like, okay, I'm like, okay. But also, he plays the same character in Spider Man that James Franco does. 
Oh my yeah. god. They both playing the Harry James Osborne. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Let the James Dean to the Harry Osborne pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. That's um, so funny. They found James Dean, which is very weird. Um mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we get that. And then it's about him who meets Dennis Stock, the life photographer. So, so Life magazine. It's so hard to say life, like how it's who's played by Robert Pattinson, most beautiful man on the planet. <laughs> Ironically, played in a film about another most beautiful man on the planet. <laughs> but not playing not him. him. <laughs> um, and it's just about the two's friendship. It developed his friendship, but Dean is very enigmatic and they're keeping secrets from each other. Robert Pattinson doesn't really tell him about his home life. And it's just it's very interesting. It's very interesting power plays between the two. <laughs> Okay, Audrey, tell me about yeah. it. Thoughts on life. Okay. <laughs> such a, sorry, that was such a silly way. Like, tell me Yeah, tell let's me. see. Get all philosophical. <laughs> I hate this movie with the burning passion. <laughs> yes, yes, now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> it's not full of life. I know that's so corny, but it's like oh there's no yes. personality. Yes. The friendship between James Dean and Dennis Stock is something that I just, I love so much and it's so personal to me. And I love this photo series. They don't honor that whatsoever in this movie. And there's so much proof of things that Dennis Stock has said about James that the way they portray in this film is just like the complete opposite. And I can get into more detail with like certain scenes later. Yes, please do. But yeah (laughs) I just I think it's a very personal thing for me and I even I bought this book it's like a book of the all the photos that are a lot oh my god and it's got the best photo at the beginning yeah your favorite photo so I'm yeah I'm like I don't want to associate this story with this horrible films but yeah I'll get more into it later, but that's like how much this means to me is just everything, really. I love that so much. much. (laughs) First of all, let's just talk about Dave the Hub as James Dean. Sure. Yay or nay? Oh, hard (laughs) no. (laughs) Why does he sound like that? Why does he talk like that? He, I'm, how he talks in this film, put me to sleep. I was like, yeah. please talk faster. Please, please actually sound like you're awake. Like you're not like stumbling through these words. Yeah. I could not believe the way he talked in this film. I cannot, I could not it believe was, it. was, he had no vocal inflections. Yeah. Or yeah. anything. I'm like, have you heard James Dean? <laughs> I was, I put literally, in one of my first, very first notes when I was just starting the film, I thought, yeah. oh no, Dave's voice is odd, but he's trying. See how much full of optimism I was. And then probably yeah. by the end, I'm like, please stop talking. Stop. Stop. Just shut up. Oh my God, you sound awful. Yeah. You sound like he was on like drugs or something. Yeah. 100%. He was not there. Like, no. How he was speaking. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Me neither. I don't even know what, who he was trying to emulate because it wasn't even really if you were going to look, think of James Dean and do that sort of caricature or any, I don't know. He was he wasn't not... even doing like a, not even like a parody in a way. Yeah. He was just like being Dane. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was really shocked. He's a good actor, honestly. 
I've weirdly watched so many of his films. Like, I don't know if I could watch anything else he did, just like association. Yeah, with that. <laughs> but maybe I should and cleanse this from my mind. I think yeah. I read that he didn't want to, and then his wife made him, and then I was like, you should have not done it. Yeah, you should have listened to yourself. I guess we could get into it. I have a lot of thoughts, so I don't mind going more through this one if you want, but... This is like with the 76 James Dean, where it's a little bit more about Dennis Stock than it is about James Dean. And so I guess like his affiliation with him. I don't hate that. I won't lie to you. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I just think, and I know you like Robert Pattinson, so I will choose my words carefully, but. <laughs> do you not think he's good at this? It's okay. No. <laughs> I had to do with Twilight, so don't worry. I've heard okay. that. Yeah. I thought he was. Well, maybe just better than Dahan. Yeah, everyone was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his American accent was quite bad. It was Never really bad. Yeah. Plus, Dennis Stark was a native New Yorker. Another thing is, like, they, to me, they had zero chemistry. Like, they did not seem like they wanted to be friends. They didn't seem like they wanted to be in the same room as each other. Interesting. I don't, what did you um, take it yeah. differently or? Not that I took it differently. Okay. Um, I just didn't get... Yeah, you watch it. All the reviews on Letterboxd say it could have been gayer. And 100% yeah. it could have been gayer. <laughs> totally, please. But yeah, I'm not so opposed to it, but I'm also not fighting for it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, oh, I thought they did. Cause yeah, no, they didn't really. And yeah. yeah never to be... When you tell me that they were very close in real life, you don't get any of that on this film. So, yeah. No. But there's a little backstory. The stock and he works for Magnum Photography, and they hire him to do this spread on James Dean, who at this point in time was, like, not famous at all. They were like, we'll give you a couple days, which turned into two months, and then they almost didn't even want to publish the photographs. So this is an interesting story in theory. It's not executed very well to me. And we meet pure angeli who the romance in this yeah the peer stuff is very i think this is like the worst thing actually maybe not but yeah the peer stuff's bad it is, <laughs> love is a bit crazy, yeah but they go to the they go to the stars board premiere like mm-hmm. they're like it's peer actually oh my god and like who's that guy yeah that's a weirdo <laughs> get him off not famous <laughs> it's a bit dumb I'll tell you why. Okay, I hate this because Ooh, I love yeah. Pierre Angeli so much. And yes, yeah, yeah. I love her and Jimmy together. Yes, same, And same, all same, of same. these films just throw so much blame and hate at her. And I actually despise that so much. <laughs> I'm going to say something crazy. The yeah. best Pierre content is the 90s one. I'm not saying a lot. She's not treated like that either. But yeah, they are the baby feeder to the dogs in all these films. Like, yeah. Dare she marry Vic? How the, like, yeah. Hi, did you see her mom? She had a grandmother. Jimmy wasn't like, he wasn't a saint to her. And that's going from love. We love him. We love him. But yeah. Oh, like she broke his heart. Oh yeah. my God. Like, How could she? Yeah. <laughs> and this movie presents like none of that history, like with her mother. And that is so important if you want to tell their romance story. And I also don't see why she needs to be in this movie anyway. I think they could have started the story later because by the time they did this, 
session anyway, they were already broken up. Yeah. So it's not even historically accurate. It's really, yeah, it's not at all. But then also, the, she's barely in this film anyway. Yeah. So like, look, I know we're going on about accuracy, but like, why yeah. include her in a way? You know what I mean? If you're not going to do all of it. Plus, it's not, it doesn't even fit the timeline. Well, what are you doing? I'm- Sorry, the timeline's so off, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It, I, I literally wrote it down where I don't understand the timeline. It feels very jumbled. Yeah. Like, so they go to the Star is Born premiere, which was September 1954. And then, like, right away, he and Dennis are, like, in New York, really? which that would have been, like, January of the next year. Oh, my God. And, like, he oh and Pierre God. broke up in November of 54. But I don't think they break up. Was it wrong or did they just not signal this? (laughs) But you cannot jump unless they're trying to be artsy and dead, do different jumps. But I think they got to show that. They didn't show it. I'm even thinking of like Little Women that doesn't have that title cut, the growing one. We know it's like the path because of Joe's hair or Amy's fringe, like anything like that. We got nothing like that in this film. We got nothing to tell us it's this time period or this time period. So. No, I feel yeah. they just didn't know. They just did everything for plot. Yeah. So much happened to them in that time yeah. period. And then they just... They just push it all together. Oh, and there's a, a, quite a bit of stuff with Jack Warner, who I completely forgot was played by Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yes. That I was, was like shocked. a jump scare, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ben Kingsley jump scare. And his hair. All the his... Jack Warners are so funny. They are. They're so funny. I noticed in the 90s one, mm-hmm. Jack Warner kept calling James Dean a little bastard. Oh, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure Ben Kingsley did it in this film. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I did the Franco one as well. So I was like, oh, my God. So it, it, this was just Warner's thing. He just called him a bastard. Yeah. And that's why he it. named his car. Little <laughs> bastard. Yeah. Of course. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, why would they catch it? If they want to keep one historically accurate figure, it was Lil Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. But, but yeah, basically, it's Jack Warner's a bit of an odd choice. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah. Which yeah, kind of yeah. sucks. It's Ben Kingsley, but. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. You know just... He's a great actor, but yeah. No, not in this one. All of the performances in this are just like so bad to me. And, it's and embarrassing. It's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. What is going on? I don't know. Visually, it's a stunning film. It looks really good. But everyone's rubbish in it. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened? Then we go to New York. In this film, this was not, like, planned between Jimmy and Dennis Stock. Stock follows him there and yes, badgers him. Yeah, yeah. Into letting him take photos, which I don't Did know. Did that happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because in real life, like, they, I definitely knew that. Yeah, I, like, I had to ask. <laughs> they made this plan to go first to New York and then go to Fairmount, Indiana, and then go back to Hollywood. And so they like plan this whole schedule out. But in this film, it's just like off the cuff. And I guess if they didn't plan any of it, no, and they make it seem like Stock is like making Jimmy do all this stuff. And this is like a collaboration between two artists Jimmy was into it like yeah yeah but in this film he couldn't be like less disinterested yeah yeah at all no hello hello hey Jimmy it's Dennis Dennis Doc oh Dennis hey 
What do we have to do exactly? Well, I mean, what do you mean what do you have to do? We have, we have to take some pictures. It's like a photo essay. Photo essay. We tell a story with, with images, like you do in movies, except this time it's about you and it's not a character. Oh. Do I like the sound of that? Jimmy, man, it's life. Come on. No studio shots, no lighting, none of that crap. No, no, I, I want to help you. Well, I'm helping you, man. <sighs> yeah, I get that. Look, I, I admit, I want to get him first. That's exactly what I just told life. The public, they got to get to know you. Then. Yeah, I know, I'm just not sure how much I, I want to speed up that process. Well, you just got to trust my intentions. There's just always a distance between them as well. They had the actors themselves had no chemistry. Sorry, but like they did it, and that just transpired onto the screen. Yeah, and I don't get why they would do that because this is very much like a character-based movie. Yeah, it's like a character study. Yeah, and if they really were friends, like why wouldn't you show that? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was my main issue with the whole movie is like, this could be interesting, but it just isn't. Yeah. Why was it so boring? I don't know. It was so dull. Oh my (laughs) God. I can't believe how boring it was. Me neither. And And um, I had some fun with the 90s one, so bad it's good. This is just boring. (laughs) And James Dean should not be boring. Can we talk about one specific scene? Yeah. What happened when Robert Pattinson threw up on his sit? Oh side? my! <laughs> okay. When I thought that poor Audrey, oh my yeah. gosh, she's gonna hate us. <laughs> like when they go to see Eartha Kit at the bar, they all take these bennies, and I guess Dennis just it ruin it gets him really sick, and he goes to visit his son. Oh, it's gross. And he throws up on him. They're like just having a conversation and he throws up on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why? Yeah, what, what was the point of that? There was no point in that. And it was no. just as well. Because then he mentioned it to Dick. To, to, well, I was going to say Dick to him. <laughs> don't call him he James just, Dean. <laughs> I don't want to call him James Dean. How dare he? I remember that line where he's like, I vomited on my son. But I'm like, I was so pissed this is a real person yeah yeah this scene has no meaning in the (laughs) substituted that way they're two together like jimmy and dennis it's so bad (laughs) oh my god you're feeling all right i vomited on my son when he said it to Jimmy, and he's like, yeah, just vomit on my son. And I was like, what the fuck is this film? I just, I just swore, not that much of this film to me. Sorry. It's okay. It's baffling. Yeah. I just lost myself for a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> and I hate that this, not only did they besmirch James, they also really hate on Dennis Stock and they yeah. make him out to be this huge loser. Yeah, yeah, this is not, this isn't like the 76 one where, they, you know, Will, even though he's a white black kid, like, he makes himself to be better than James Dean. Mm-hmm. Nah, these two characters are both getting it. Yeah, like, <laughs> they, these sense. filmmakers hate them. They make that so clear. 
And I think the vomit thing is, they were just trying to like make a fool out of him. Yes, yes, yes. There's no character development there. That's just literally to embarrass him, I think. Mm -hmm. Be like, oh, look at this guy. If you don't know who Dennis is, then that's what you're going to think about him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. This man was a famed photographer. Awful. It's funny, but I hate it. It's laugh away at the pain. (laughs) (laughs) He was a renowned photographer. Also, he was dead at this point. Like, I I don't know. It just feels so low. When did he die? He died. Um, Yeah. 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 Very low. That's a very good word to use. Yeah. Very low. This whole movie, I think, comes. Yeah. We see them go to James's hometown of, or like where you grew up, of Fairmount, Indiana. This, I hate this so much as well because I watched this video where older Dennis Stock talked about his time photographing yeah. Jimmy and he said yeah. this is one of the nicest families he'd ever met and oh. he was still friends with them up until he died and he just loved seeing how much they loved Jimmy and just how kind they were and this movie makes it seem like he hates them and that they just alienate him yes and it it makes me so sad yeah, I, I don't like awful. it yeah, it's, I'm thinking about the bit when at dinner table and and like he says something about not being religious and it, mm. they they're all like shocked from the table and it, they all stop and it's like awkward. I yeah, think, what on earth? Yeah. To hear what you just said, that is so disgusting that they showed that side. Why were they all gag that? Yeah, Robert Dennis <laughs> isn't religious. Oh, Dennis knows a beautiful Grace. Maybe you should uh, leave Grace tomorrow night, Dennis. Oh, that'd be lovely. How's it go again? Oh, I agree. Um, oh, you know what? Save it for tomorrow night. It'll be a surprise. Which church do you belong to, Dennis? Um, well, none really. It's also Jimmy's birthday. No one mm-hmm. told Dennis. So I love that, like, when they went to the house, no one wished him a happy birthday. They had to reveal it for that scene. That's, yeah. that's not how families work. Like, no, it's like when they picked him up off the train, they would have yeah, told him that. Exactly. Like, that's true. Oh, that's so bad. That's yeah. So bad. He, he was still friends with them. Yeah. Like he, he was would, lit- He loved so them. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so bad. So bad. And then they have Jimmy be just like a little shit to him. And I, yeah. he's like talking bad about him behind his back to his uncle. What's up with that? That was insane. And then like, I don't know. Like, also, I literally wrote it down. I wasn't really listening during this scene. So I mm-hmm. didn't know what he said, but I knew it was bad. That came out of nowhere. That came out of absolute nowhere. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bad on Jimmy. That makes Jimmy look so bad mm-hmm. from to be saying that about this guy. What freaking happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can't. I think he says he doesn't like Dennis because he like follows him around or something. My jaw is on the floor. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. And then make a try to do. And then Dennis like hears this because they're right outside his open window. Oh, obviously, there's only one place to talk on this far outside his window. And so the next morning, he confronts Jimmy, and then they just fight, and they're like, I hate you, and I hate everything about you, and I just, I could not stand this at all. 
And then I guess they forgive each other or something. Which and then, fairly safe. Yeah, it's just one scene later, they're like friends again. So bad. It's so bad. But then I think it goes into another weirder scene when mm-hmm. they're a dance. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they out? Well, it's like a maybe it's like a high school dance. Mm-hmm. And it's his old school. But like, that's a bit weird that these like teens just invited them to and like they both go. Yeah. <laughs> they really oh. did in real life. Yeah, they went to the dance, but But they frame it like so weirdly in the movie. That's if I didn't know that would be in there in real life. Oh my god, that would be amazing! (laughs) That's the only honest thing they did in this film, like, yeah. And so he gives this speech talking about like how much he loves Fairmount, but it's to me, the movie doesn't really put that across. No. In general, the differences between all these different locations, which I think is why the the photo series is so interesting, is because it's like we get New York Jimmy and we get Fairmount Jimmy, and they're like so yeah. different, but it's they're still Jimmy. And yeah. this just feels like they're they're building this plot around these photos almost. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like they really care too much to go into anything that deep or thoughtful about this series so then I'm like why did they even make this film (laughs) that's incredible what you've just said you like that's perfectly put I really love the idea that you can see the difference between New York Jimmy and Indiana Jimmy they should have done that in this film they should he should have been like a different person when he got back home and he wasn't imagine if they showed that we don't really get this love for indiana that he had we see him like him with his cousin and stuff like that and but it's a snap that's why i don't see that because of how rubbish Dana pan is in yeah he had no emotion true he wouldn't have been able to show that growth anyway because there was no. nothing to go off of absolutely nothing he, he could have been having the time of his life on that set and we would not have noticed because of how low and monotone his voice yeah. was. <laughs> I'm so Plus, angry. I think, too, Dennis Dock said that there was a completely noticeable change in James in New York because that was when he was, like, the artist yeah. and his insomnia really came out. And yeah. then in Fairmount, it was more of a sad thing because... He was coming back to his town, but he was a changed person. And this was right, right before East of Eden was going to come out and he's going to become a big star. And so he felt distanced from all of that now. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I didn't get that sort of difference in the film that I think would have made it so poignant. And I don't know, it's just disappointing that they had such an interesting it could have been so thoughtful and thought-provoking. And it yeah, just wasn't. It, wasn't. it wasn't at all. I guess the only, only, only time I could think of when it tried to be like thought-provoking and it didn't work for me, but I feel like it might have worked for other people was the train scene. Yeah, that's true. When they're going uh, to Fairmount. Yeah, when they're going. Yeah. It didn't really do anything for me, which is insane because nobody stuff like this does. Uh-huh. I think I was just a bit dumb at this point. But he's talking about like his childhood with his dad and how like what happened with, on the train when he said goodbye to his dad, which we see in the Franco one. Mm-hmm. Which is so it's cool to hear it from his perspective. Which was I guess that's the only time I can see it. And I did write this note that like put when Dame Dehan is good, he's good. But when mm-hmm. I think back on it, I don't think he is good at all. But in that scene. 
he is serving a little bit. And that's the yeah. time where I thought, okay, actually, you know what? He's doing okay. Mm-hmm. But that was only, only, only time. And me and grandma got on the train and went to Indiana. Because everything ends up in Indiana. You might not know that. Flew with the coffin? Yeah, how else do you think it works? <laughs> and every time we stop in Albuquerque or Kansas City, my grandma let me run down to the end of the platform and and I'd sneak into the freight car. And it was it was like Aladdin's cave. Just stuff, crates and boxes. And then way up the back was my mom's coffin kind of strapped to the wall. And there was this old conductor there, and yeah, he'd tip his little conductor's cap, and uh, he'd say, "Step right in, sir." And he was utterly kind. What'd you do on her? I touched the coffin, and I stood there. And then after a minute, he'd come up and he'd say, uh, "Oh, you better run on up, kid." Or I'll see you in Fort Madison, or I'll see you in Chicago. And then I'd sprint all the way back up the platform. I remember it. I just kept thinking, who am I going to play with? There's some emotion, just yeah. a little bit. It's coming out. Come on, let it yeah. out. We can see but it. Really only because of what he's talking about is true to yeah. James's life. Like it's not really the way he's like saying it. It's just you're thinking about the real James and like that he had to go through James. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But still, I will, I'll give them that. you can have that one thing they ate that one thing yeah and then another thing is james the there's this scene where in the morning on the farm when he's playing his drum (laughs) in the midst of all these animals yes and he thinks it's stupid and it's that's like the most real james dean thing ever he would do that so bad he would play his drum for the animals that was his idea like, why did they make him such a little party pooper? Like, exactly. Because I do love that side of him, but it's yeah. something we don't see. And thank God they put that in, but then they had to be cynical and have yeah. Dennis not be, like, thankful and not be nice about it. Ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. Ridiculous. I love Farm Jimmy. I love him. Me too. So cute. I wrote, like, what I would want this movie to be about. Yeah, which yeah. is this is your pitch yeah this is what i would love to see and i think this is what they tried to do but it didn't work but they strip away the legend or like the idol that is james dean and just show jimmy dean and show his personality and how funny he was 
and all of these different stories behind the photographs because there's so many stories and they just really dumb it down in the film until he was made into doing this or something stupid like that. Also, this is such a transitional period where he's right on the brink of stardom and he's coming back to these places that sort of raised him and made him the person he was at that point. I would love to see what it was like for him on a more psychological level. And then also what Dennis Stock was trying to accomplish with his essay. But it just feels so impersonal. And like you said, it was so cynical. It makes me upset because this is such a cool niche aspect of his legacy and these photos show so much about him and yet I I didn't get any of that I think it's just too focused on trying to paint this picture of James that I just I think is done we don't need to see that anymore yeah yeah there's that cool guy he doesn't enunciate words like (laughs) it's so true it's so true we know he has a we know Jimmy has a goofy side he has farm life so yeah, it definitely just tried to be cool and be like, yeah, this is the guy I love, but it's not. Nah. Yeah. What you said was perfect. And I guess I have this little quote from this Dennis Stock video I watched. And so oh, he yeah. said that his experience like taking his photos of James was that he was able to highlight the tragedy of Jimmy being incapable of understanding what he had. He was just an alienated little soul that bounced around in search of God knows what. And I don't know. I just thought that was oh my like, God. yeah, that's got him. Yeah. But I could not imagine Robert Pattinson's Dennis to write that about Jimmy. No, I think it was like a 12 minute video. Yeah. With, it made me cry. And oh. it was so much more personal than this entire two hour film. Yeah. yeah. The recreations, I thought they were basically perfect, like with yes. costumes and yes. settings and stuff but I yeah I think it just goes back to I don't want it to be that perfect because then I have to associate the real photos no, you with don't, it don't worry don't <laughs> worry you always have the real photos but I will just don't yeah worry. You're always that's like, true but, but it's also good for you as well because it's similar to the 70s one where like you get like the in-joke from yeah so you, mm-hmm. you understand oh this is this picture and this is this shot like yeah that's quite cool that's good that they were honest with that mm-hmm. with the recreations that's really good yeah. And I'm also low-key glad we didn't really see a lot of the film recreations. Yeah, me too. Because it's not about that. It's about him and Dennis, which mm-hmm. I quite like. I think that's good. I think that's really good. At the end, he asks, Jimmy asks Stock to come to back to Hollywood with him. But in the movie, he doesn't. But in real life, he did. And he was the set photographer on Rebel Without a Cause. And then Nicholas Ray... Oh hired him as well the funny thing is he hired him to be the dialogue coach but he was actually like took photos on the set so I just thought that was funny oh, I didn't mention that yeah and they're just like no nah, he just stayed in New York why, why would they do this is historically like, known historical and French all there oh my yeah. god also, I know there's can I ask a yeah. weird question sure it was right does he have an eye patch? Because in some films he does, and in this film he doesn't. Wait, that's What's a really good. Um, he did not have an eye patch when James D knew him when he made Rebel. It was not until later. 
Oh my god, that's in the Franco one. Yeah, and the nineties one, but like I can expect it from the nineties one. Yeah, that's so bad. I oh know. No, was right in that then. Okay, is it like maybe a recognized? Because I know he became known for the eye patch. Okay. Yeah. No, this is this is him pitching rebel to James. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the eye patch. Okay, he didn't lose his eye until the sixties. Oh, he actually lost it. Wow. Almost 15 years later. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Also, it's funny that Nicholas Ray in the movie is doesn't know who Dennis Stock is because he invited him to this party <laughs> personally. Oh, so annoyed me so much. Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand that. He's what like, who? <laughs> who are you? My God, you invited him. <laughs> this film. Yeah. I really don't know who would like this movie because I feel yeah. like it's too niche for just like a regular person to watch it. But then I feel like a James Dean fan would not like it. Or maybe they yeah. would. I don't know. Maybe I'm just different. But See, the only thing I think is a real payoff is at the end where they show the real life photos. Mm-hmm. So as a Dean stan, I was very happy to see that. Yeah. So you know, it's, but then also, if you're a James Dean fan, I'm just a newbie. Like you would know those photos anyway, so it's probably not True. like too much of a big like of a big deal. But I love seeing the photos at the end. Yeah, I love that. It's like the one time they actually remembered. Oh yeah, this is a photography film. This is a and film about the photos Dennis took. Yeah, like <laughs> we did show it, and then oh my god, this kind of reminds me of in Elvis when you see the real life Elvis at the end, and you're mm. reminded. Oh my god, Austin Butler was like fit, but no one as hot as Elvis. And then I thought that in life, I was like, I never, I, but you just see James Dean and you're like, mm-hmm. God, no one ever looked like him. Yeah. But he just had the most completely different star appeal. So beautiful. And then I've watched all, actually, it's quite nice to watch this lap because I've just watched all these kind of bad bar one renditions of him. So mm-hmm. I like that I ended on him his real pictures, his real beautiful face that I got to see again. It was like a little reward. For all yeah. <laughs> all the hard work. All the hard work. <laughs> I think you're so right though. I don't know who yeah. to recommend this to. Yeah. Maybe it's an art film. Maybe, but just the layman, I just think you would not, oh my God, I was just saying, not that you wouldn't get it. You would, it's not that. It's just that it's so boring. It's so mm. boring. I'm going to want to put anyone through that. No. It's so boring. And it just makes you hate James Dean, which is. Yeah. You know, why was that the takeaway? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it's not the one. No. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't completely say no, but I wouldn't be like I wouldn't say yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's too good. Yeah. Not again. We can distract you. Yeah. From going from one bad film to another. (laughs) Yeah, you, I have to preface this by saying I did not rewatch this one. Because That's I just, so I did so not fair. want to. So I have a couple thoughts. But yes, okay, definitely yeah. you take the reins. Um, that's so fine. James Dean, Race with Destiny, 1997. Oh, it's such a dumb God. title. This is, but it's the dumbest film. It, it matches. It, oh, but what can I even say about this film? It's so bad, it's good. It's hilariously okay. bad. Oh, I was creased up. It's. It's not James Dean at all. So it's Catherine Andean, Starship Troopers favorite, <laughs> playing James Dean. Your favorite yeah. movie. I Oh my God. It was so good. <laughs> the messages, honestly, is so good. Was Catherine that? Andean, look, 
before. Was this after Starship Troopers? Oh, yeah, actually. Sure, because I feel like maybe him like being in that movie made them. Yeah, I've got nothing to say about this film though. Yeah. Oh, same year. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. Very odd. The first. The first bit of the IMDb trivia for this film is that it says Robert Mitchum's final credited role. No. I didn't remember Robert Mitchum being in this film. Oh my God. Who is this film? Oh, I don't know. Wait. Because his granddaughter plays Peer, which I think is quite cool. Although oh. Italian, but okay. <laughs> it's oh, like, he played George oh, Stevens. Yeah, director of Giant. That's so <laughs> funny. Poor yeah, Robert no. Mitchum. It's only, I don't think that's him. No, I don't think that's him. That's, I can't believe that. That's so embarrassing for him. Role. Yeah, I feel so bad. Sorry, let me, uh, I will also, yeah, I'll say the plot. Okay. It's basically, oh my God. It been straight into Hollywood career, by the way, career. This is his whole life because he definitely could not show Castle Van Dien in the actor's studio because he would not have looked like he belonged at all. That um, makes sense. The main plot of this film is the relationship with Pierre. As this was the second film I watched, so I was really, I was shocked. I, I didn't think we'd get so much Pierre content. Yeah. I, think, I, think she, like, I really like it. I really, Pierre's, Pierre in this film, <laughs> not this film. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've written down some lines. Okay. Um, so he meets the he has a meet cute with pet pair, not on the okay. is it MGM? Well, not on the studio where they did meet, but huh? like he's riding his boat. Oh sorry. So in real life anything yeah. met when he was filmed Silver Chalice. What yeah. production company was that? Oh Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yes. Yeah. Were, so they obviously in real life met on the Warner Brothers set. In this film, I don't think they're on the Warner Brothers set. <laughs> And he's riding his motorbike and he like almost hits her. Oh my God. This film is narrated by Pierre. No, I was not oh. prepared for that. And I was like, who is this woman narrating? And it was Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with an Italian accent as well, can we just say? Oh. I know. I was an Italian, very offended. Very offended. <laughs> <laughs> so he almost hits Pierre and she goes, oh, yeah, okay. So he almost hits her and falls off of his motorbike. He falls off his motorbike. Oh, wow. And he goes, I did not touch you. And he says, your beauty did. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is, this is cheese. This is cheese dialogue. Okay. Oh my God, I don't need it. So I've got so many, I've got so many lines. See, this is like on par with Showdown and Little Tokyo, only I love that film. Yeah. This film is rubbish. <laughs> um, he even says, well, to, to Pierre, he says, we'll make time on the bike. Why did James Dean speak like that? No way. I've got some more lines. He would never say that. He would never say that. Where oh, I broke. He would never say that. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Van Dien looks nothing like James Dean. He sounds nothing like James <laughs> Dean. There is nothing in him that makes you think of Sarm Boy from Indiana, who lived in New York, who did theater plays. There is not this. Catherine Van Dien is too pretty for this. I know I say that I, I call James Dean the most beautiful man ever, but he had that edge to him, and you can see that. Yeah. Catherine Van Dien is just a pretty boy. He is not James Dean in the slightest. I'm going to New York. 
do a TV show. When? Tomorrow. Why didn't you tell me? I just found out this evening. Why don't you come with me? We'll go away together for a couple of weeks. Jimmy, please. Try to understand. I got something for you. Saint Christopher. He will protect you. I'm already well protected. Everyone James Dean comes into contact with, all the studio heads, Elia, like they all hate him and they're always so mm. impressed because he's like such a bad boy rebel. This is where it started with the Warner calling him a little bastard. I cannot mm. tell you how many times he did it. Take a shot every time you hear that. Like wow. And also, the only time the payoff of the little bastard car is in the Franco films. <laughs> like, this oh is yeah, called him a little bastard throughout the whole film, and nothing's about it. Like, that's so funny. so funny. Um, I'm surprised they could say that so much on a TV movie. All the time, literally, like at least five times he called him little bastard. Wow, yeah, not just bastard, Lil. The L- Lil. <laughs> well, what do you think, George? Dad, you all right for you? Are you pleased? Are you happy? Shall I tell you something, James Dean? Shall I tell you something that no man ought to have to tell another? Go ahead, I'm all ears. You've got problems, Dean. Serious problems. Like Jack said, you're a little bastard. Now wait. God damn it, just listen to me and don't interrupt. Sometimes you're brilliant. You could be the best, but I'm betting against it. Because inside the man, there's a little sniveling boy, a crybaby kid who's afraid to grow up and be a man and join the team. Can you straighten yourself out? Can you work with people? Hell, I did everything you asked. Even when I knew you were totally bullshit wrong. I am the director. I see the forest. You are just an actor. Another tree in the forest. Movies are about acting. That's what the audience sees. Acting is only part of it. There are the words, the story, the spectacle. They've all got to come together. Oh, hell, you acted, yeah, but... Uh... But what, Mr. Truthseeker? Uh, what about you? The old king sitting on his folding chair throne? Huh? What about your own insecurities? Let's take it again. Let's do that scene over again, okay? Take 10, 12, 20. You shoot every scene over and over, 20 times till Sunday. Oh, man... When I get a scene down, I can feel it when it works. But not you. You never know. My way has worked pretty well in the past. The romance with Pierre is interesting because yeah. I think it's quite cute. This is where they do show her marring quality, but they don't show okay. as much because I actually didn't realize how bad she was until mm-hmm. I watched the Franco film and that mm-hmm. yeah, later on. Because you only see her mom in this film in the Angeli house. Like, that's it. She'll be the house. I remember one time when they're driving back in the car. That's it. So you don't get any of that awareness. She's a bit off to me. He's a bit. He comes to the house. Oh my god! When he meets her mom. Oh my god! It's so bad. He's like saying buongiorno to them, and it's so funny because he's just doing it in his American accent, and it's so ridiculous. It's like <laughs> the scene in *Inglorious Bastards* when 
Brad has to say it. It's so funny. Captain Randian, maybe he's just because he's pretty. Sexual chemistry with every woman he interacts with in this film, including Pierre's mum. So that's oh. fun. <laughs> yeah. Vic is presented as like a Telenova villain. Like, it's so funny when they mention Vic in the later films and it's like all I can think of is the 97 version of Vic. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think he was in them. No, so it's, yeah, no. it's just this is your in your mind. But... Vic is so funny in this. Oh my God. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like they go to the beach, James and Pierre, and then he shows up with like flowers. <laughs> oh, we get loads of race car scenes as well in this film. Oh, okay. Um, and then when they play the race car bits, it's with this like jazzy music. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes no. out of nowhere. It could be silent. It could be yeah. silent. And then it's like a driver. <laughs> I have a question about that. Yeah. This is the only one where they do racing things, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. No one else mentioned it. Yeah. Now, other films do love to say about how we drive too fast. On his motorbike, but yeah, we don't really get a lot of car stuff. Do you? Did you like? I know it's probably stupid, but did you like that they included it? Accurate, isn't it? It is what happened, right? But yeah, how they do it is not very well done. Okay, (laughs) that makes sense. But I think what it's most believable, Captain Van Dien's been in the film. Okay, maybe he's a race car driver. Like maybe he's quite good at it. Yeah. But yeah, they're very random, very not there's not a lot of them. Okay. They, they're just like peppered in, but there's no there's nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. Would you have liked them to have done more race car stuff? I like don't know. Any other films. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think he really he didn't race that much. I think he only competed no. three or four times. But it is it's weird usually at the end of these movies when then he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go off on a race. But there's no hint that he ever like doing that yeah exactly <laughs> there is a bit where he he's going in to meet his rebel miracles castmates and salminio's there and Hollywood's there we know that's them a bit weird i think they do a bit where salminio comes on to him which <laughs> i don't like no so that's a bit uh, uh, what that's all that's the homophobia allegations again not because no. of that i think it, it's portrayed how he just can't word it. Sure. Not done in a good way. And I know we'll talk about Sal later, but I feel like that's become a thing with him too, where it's like he was also a climber or whatever. But he was like say, 16 yeah. in this, yeah. yeah, in real life. So yeah, he would not. And he was so shy. He wouldn't have done that. Oh, he was not shy of this film. So yeah, oh, no. that's how bad that is. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then, like, the, the, I think Nicholas Ray comes in, but I can't actually remember. Maybe it's not Nicholas, but, like, someone's... Basically, the whole point of this is that they bring in a gang <laughs> to introduce the teens to. Before that, he says to James, the castmate, he's like, Natalie Wood, there's Sal Mideo. You're not ready for this. He goes, there's Dennis Hopper. Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't even mention the actor playing Buzz. He, I think they only put Dennis Hopper in there as a name drop. <laughs> Did you? Did he see? Did he show up? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. There's an actor playing him. And oh my later, god! When we're at Giant, Dennis Hopper comes back. Oh my god! <laughs> That's you have to watch. You have to find these scenes. Okay, um, I the will. Giant one's fun because they're talking about where he like publicly urinated on set. Yeah, and so he's talking about that with Dennis, 
But it's so funny because like they, they're sat on the floor together and James Dean goes up to him and he's like, hello, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. <laughs> that Dennis Hopper. Like, recommend just for the lols, not a okay. good film. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's my consensus on it. There's little okay. to say. <laughs> but is it dumb enough to, that it doesn't like offend you? Oh yeah, I was not offended. Okay. I was laughing. It's not like they the hand. Yeah, yeah, no. I was okay. it was hilariously bad. So yeah. Okay. What do we have a group of people? It's funny. <laughs> it's fun. That's yeah. good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Last biopic. This is called James Dean from 2001, directed by Mark Rydell. And I think this is probably the most famous of the biopics because I believe James Franco won an Emmy. Oh, nominated. Uh, nominated. He didn't win it. He the guy that played his dad won, and then it won like a like a huh. technical one. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so we have James Franco playing James Dean, Michael Moriarty playing his father, Winton, Edward Herman plays Raymond Massey. That's a pretty good cast, I'd say, yeah. for a 2001 yeah, yeah. TV movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to say something like really crazy. And I never thought I would ever say this in my entire life. But I really liked James Franco in this. I <laughs> loved him in this. I loved him so much. And obviously, hindsight, we know James Franco is a horrible person. Yeah. He separated the art from the artist. He did absolutely brilliant in this film. Yeah. <laughs> he did so well. I cannot believe it. He is James Dean. Like, yeah he did so well everything maybe not so much sometimes he sounded like himself yeah like, he didn't do the voice that much but yeah. I don't it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would yeah. weirdly yeah yeah. yeah yeah oh his physicality was perfect he did these little body things that were just so so James Dean or mm-hmm. so tortured individual that I just thought it was brilliant and he just looked insane he looked so good in this film oh my god <laughs> so, yeah, just so yeah. Just, like yeah. he was always flopping around yeah yeah you're just being he was on a bed yeah. with his whole body yeah <laughs> which is just perfect because especially after the rest of these james is like they did nothing yeah. he had like a slouch and yeah oh the slump was so good yeah yeah, yeah. Slump. oh my god and I also liked that they made a big deal of he's basically blind without his glasses. Yeah. none of the other movies really. <laughs> oh my God. The scene where he's sort of read the, he's auditioning, but he mm-hmm. just cannot read the script at all. And the guys are like, hey, I'll give you $10. Fix your glasses. He's, they're like, to, why are your glasses broken? Because I'm like, I don't have the money to fix them. And then they give him the money. And he doesn't use the money to get them fixed. He uses it to eat. And he just remembers his lines. This is a James Dean. That is James Dean. But this is like a more classic biopic where it goes yes. sort of from beginning to end. But I didn't hate it too much in that regard because I thought they did a decent job like pacing everything out yeah. pretty evenly. Yes. Yeah. I actually had to like up my rating comparatively because of all the other yeah, oh it's so good yeah no that that makes a lot of sense yeah but it's still low for me but I tolerated it but I do think it all really 
comes down to James Franco, who is the only one to me who like came close to embodying him in any capacity. Yes. And that's what makes the movie work. But James Franco was such a, he just idolized James Dean. And I really think that comes across so well when you're portraying him because this finally does feel like love. Like this is respect for him. This is them actually, obviously it literally says at the end that some of it's fictional. Yeah. But it's just, it's just finally they're not like treating him like a cliche or like a stereotype. Mm -hmm. Like they're actually treating him with like care. Yeah. I love this film. (laughs) I'm glad. I guess you could get into it if you want a little bit more. Yeah, we could talk about that. That opening scene I thought was so good. Yeah. This is the only movie where we get to see him actually acting. And we open with the scene in East of Eden when he's giving his father the money for his birthday. And honestly, like they did a really good job with the recreations, not just of the performances, but also like the set and the costumes. Yep. Um, the Kazan, he looked great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool because normally when I see movie recreations, like they just make me like cringe inside because no, they're is, like yeah. trying so hard. But I, I like this one. This scene in East Eden is what like it, it made me cry when I watched it, like mm-hmm. the real film. And it's what made me actually realize, oh my God, yeah, this guy is amazing. So I was a bit, I was like, okay, put your expectations down. Yeah. Because of what you've seen before. This is the scene that made you realize how good James is as an actor. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to hold it at arm's length. And then even though, okay, like he's not obviously the same. And it didn't make me cry. Mm-hmm. They wanted him cry. But, oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> he's nowhere near as good as James Dean, obviously, mm-hmm. when he cries. But he did an excellent job. And I really like as well, before they start filming that scene, where he's talking to Kazan outside. He's like, oh, the, the first thing he said... He comes in the studio and he says to the director, this man can't play my father, he's too old. And the actor is pissed. He's yeah, he did not like that. No, not at all. And then Jimmy goes outside and he talks to Kazan. And then Kazan's like, why are you doing that? And James says, I need him to hate me. Oh my God. This just shows, first of all, how committed James Dean was as an actor. Mm-hmm. They're like, how method he was. And, and it's all, you would watch that first line and think, oh, okay, he's rude and weird. And then you realize he's doing that on purpose. He's doing it to get a response, an active response. And I just think it's brilliant. And we better, like, that's the, he only gets two lines before they go into filming East Leader. And I just think it's so good. It's so yeah. good. It really sets the scene and tension as well. Mm-hmm. Because we know now, okay, there's a bit going into this that they're not, they don't like each other, these two actors very emotionally charged scene and I just think it's brilliant it's it's very tense as well. yeah you see the part Kazan plays in that too because he tells Raymond Massey that he's gonna talk to Jimmy and be yeah. like don't do that in the future and then yeah. he goes to talk to Jimmy and he's like keep doing that <laughs> yeah this time try and kiss him yeah like, oh that's so good so it's, I think it's always cool to see. And then you see too, it took like several takes to get that scene too. He has to draw up this emotion every single time. And that must have been exhausting, really. And you see that actually before they like do the, the marker, he's slunched mm-hmm. over, like he's really getting into character, but you can see the pain. That's actually yeah. a word that I read on a lot is that I think James Franklin looks like he's in pain as James Dean. I think it's quite interesting. That's yeah. how he's like, 
Kind of like how James Dean took Cal's his awkwardness put into Cal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's quite interesting that James Dean, James Frank, oh, simply James is, <laughs> that James Franco has put loads of pain into his performances, James Dean, so it mirrors a little bit. Well, like yeah. That. That's true. There's like that undercurrent of, I don't like trauma. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That yeah, I think yeah. was apparent in actual James Dean too, even just in his day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was actually a good opening. I think right, it, okay. it may be like one of the better scenes, weirdly enough, but I think it sets the stage for James Franco's performance. But then, yeah, it we get so like, weird yeah, to be so praiseful of James. Franco. I know. I'm like, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I know. It feels so against us. This is not, yeah. this is like not our type. Like, no. But. Yeah, I just, yeah, make it clear that I do not like him and I don't yes. support him otherwise. Yeah, but, same, same, same. Yeah, but then when after the the filming, we get this flashback sequence yeah. that kind of lasts for a little bit where we meet James's mom and dad yeah. when he's eight or so. It's so corny because the it's dad corny. just like hates him. This is classic biopic where you've uh-huh. got to hate one parent. Yeah. And they this film hates his dad. They despise All him. All the blame is on his dad. Which the, I, I think is totally valid, but yeah. they yeah, don't yeah. present it in a nuanced way at all when like in real life it's it was so complicated yeah. between them. Yeah. So it sucks that they just have him be like traditional evil, unsupportive yeah. father. And then his mom and dad fight, and then we learn his mom is sick, she had cancer, and then she dies. Then he has to go live with his family in Indiana. So the dad just basically wants to, like, rid his hands of Jimmy. And this is a a nine-year or an eight-year-old kid. Obviously, that would be very traumatic. And he's going with his grandma on this train to Indiana, and what, what else yeah. is in the train? His mom's coffin. Yeah. That's so all levels of messed up. He, yeah, he like goes back there. And they talk about this yeah. in life where he went back yeah. there every time they had to yeah. stop and sat with her. And Heartbreaking. It's, a, it's really upsetting. And I like that they included all yeah. of this. Even if it starts off a little corny, I think this is a good scene where it shows like he really cared about his mom and it's just grotesque almost in a way that like he has to go on this train without yeah. his father, but with his yeah. Yeah. dead mother. So yeah. yeah. And his dad won't even hug him goodbye or anything yeah, like he won't that. Even kiss him. Yeah. His, his nan had to be like, kiss your son. Like yeah. oh. he was not a good, a good person. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. the film does go ham on it. Yeah. They really take it over the top. And then he like grows up. They just totally skip over. They skip like 10 years from the <laughs> So his family isn't in this at all, which no, no. I don't know. Illegal. Dad. Yeah. No, like Fairmount family, really. Yeah. And then we see he's he's a reckless. He's driving his motorcycle and he almost gets run over. But I guess it's like a game that he and the mailman and him yeah. play. <laughs> see who, if you run me over today. <laughs> But and then like, well, it goes, yeah. it's, it's him as a child riding his bicycle and it goes into him being riding his motorcycle as an adult. Yeah. It also gave me like the Bruce Lee dragon story vibes when he was okay. riding his bike on the campus. 
That's true. <laughs> What's with the bike transition? With the bike in a biopic. <laughs> I guess it's like, you know, common childhood thing and then going to adulthood. Then he goes to California to live with his father and he meets his stepmother for the first time. Yes. Which was also accurate. Like he didn't know he had a stepmom until he showed up. Um Same. so bad. And it's just so awkward. And yeah. I think <laughs> there's like a scene where they're like I think about the way goes. His dad and his stepmom are like doing the dirty and he and they're he like hear it. he hears why? <laughs> why did they they did not need to put that scene in? But yeah, he puts like yeah, clay in his ears. <laughs> That's so gross. I don't get why they put that in why there. Did, yeah, what was the reason for that? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Why? Other than like disturbing me, but um, right, I exactly. Guess, yeah. <laughs> James wants to be an actor. His father doesn't want him to be acting. Like in plays in movies. Yes, sir. Um, how are you planning on making a living? Acting. Mm. You are a dreamer. Just like a mom. I don't think that's our understanding. You stay in business school. Huh? You can stay with us here. But you study acting. he moves out he goes to college he does the infamous watch scene at his acting class this is done well it's done well i liked it i liked it a lot yeah i thought it was okay because it doesn't give any context so it makes it seem like james just likes to beat out people yeah 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 no he like it's like a switch yeah yeah <laughs> so, so by because they replace bast with just like this random guy and yeah. so it makes it just seem like james is like just taking things too far or whatever <laughs> which yeah, is no just... mention no mention of bast in this mm-hmm. film yeah interesting that. yeah <laughs> but i think that's the one thing i don't like about this movie is they take a lot of real life things like out of context and yeah. to paint him in a bad light, which is just frustrating. But what yeah, a lot of times I'd be like, "Oh, I like this. To- I like this." And then, so for example, I like literally this is I like him and Christine together. Mm-hmm. Next line, oh, that was a bit effed for Jay for James <laughs> to drink her prop. <laughs> literally the next line, like, oh, yeah. do like this film, and then they'll do something horrible after. Uh-huh. So, oh, I don't know what you're doing this about James, but they make him into like, a bad guy. Very yeah. Funny. I don't like it. And I also feel like it's just, it's a little too black and white. The real James Dean, he probably had bipolar. He definitely had yeah. ADHD. <laughs> so oh, it's like, sure. yes. <laughs> do you think these movies are like trying to make him into a, like a character based on his movie characters? 100% yes. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I wrote this down a lot then that it tarnishes his legacy and I think that is because, yeah, they're not doing the real Dean at all. They're doing the motor, motorbike riding 
race car driving guy when that's only like a small portion of his personality. And yeah, yeah I feel like they just watched Rebel and was like, oh, that's him. Because he always has a switch blade as well. It's just very on the nose for me. It's too yeah. much like Rebel. But we meet Martin Landau. Um, yeah. Oh, what a great reveal. Yeah. Way. I love that scene. Yeah. It's like they're chatting and then he drops the bombshell like he's Martin Landau. Yeah. <laughs> Also, James got, he's like where he's sat, he's got his legs dangling. He mm-hmm. looks really cute. <laughs> oh, I love him. <laughs> then we meet Chris White, who yeah. was is probably best known for being his partner in the actor's studio audition and like the scene that she like, wrote. We, yeah. Sorry, not to get into it, but that's a little bit sexist, isn't it? That's what yeah. she's going for. That's not, like, sounds like I'm coming for you on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? She's a writer. She yeah. wrote stuff as well. Mm-hmm. She's also, the real life one was in this film. I think it was the, was the it, first oh, it was James. Film. Or, no, oh, which is the now that makes sense. It was the same yeah. I don't like how they straight wash James Dean. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, the 97 one, because it's only about him and Peter. In this film, they do mention that article article where he says he's not gay, but won't live with his hand tied behind his back. Yeah. It's just a great line. But yeah, these films do straight wash him a bit, mm-hmm. which is so funny when we've literally been complaining about the, the gay stuff in geography. But that's just because it's a rubbish it's, film. It's, so yeah. These films do straight wash him, and I don't mm-hmm. like that. I know a lot of people don't like the possibility that he was not just straight. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But I want them to be unhappy because yeah. our boy, we, we, we don't know what he was and I love yeah. him for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the beauty of it all. It's yeah. like, he, so uh, yeah, I think it's a little, I think it bothers me that people like speculate so much. Not that it isn't true, but it's just, I don't know, it's not our business. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But we don't see their audition, even though they build up to it. There's a lot of scenes yeah. building up to it, and then we they just completely skip over it. Which I'm glad for, because I always find the acting scenes cringe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But it's just funny, like, how much they talk about the actor's studio, but they don't even really yeah. say what the actor's studio is or why it was important to be I in learned there. from the 70s one that it's free to get into. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's insane. That's so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's so but true. You have to a lot. So. And I bet that audition is tough. It's harsh. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's very true. You know, we don't really know a lot about it. If you do know. You know yeah, you know. Like, if um, they, yeah. they don't tell you anything in this movie. Yeah. That's for sure. No. You're like, oh, okay. They're auditioning for a, a studio? Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because I think they say like Stella Adler... Kazan is there and then Lee Strasberg and it's like if you don't know those people you're like who are those people but those are like big deal kind of names those are big names yeah (laughs) but then okay we get Rogers bracket this is his first technical appearance because he was in Joshua Tree but it's like the timeline is totally screwed up and this is like a hint to that whole relationship where yeah. Rogers is like, hey, come to my party and I'll get you a, a TV show if you come to my party. That's literally it, though. They don't show anything like what that whole system was about. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's OK that they implied it at least. I like, prefer the implication yeah. than to actually see it. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to see it, but it's like yeah. 
they just yeah. it's if you don't know that's what it is you might have been a bit left out yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, maybe needed like one little bit yeah yeah because it had a martin and that was very like oh don't go to that party or he was like mm-hmm. he was a bit weirded out by it so yeah you you could infer from that but i get it like yeah if you don't understand it and people could then mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean anything yeah yeah and then I also feel like there's not enough for me to form an opinion of like, how am I supposed to feel about James doing that? Are we supposed to look down on him or yes. you know feel yeah. bad for yeah. him? But... Exactly. And then he gets this job in The Immoralist, which was that whole glasses story, which I thought was a nice, that was a funny scene. Really like that. I like it a lot. Yeah, we get to see like his, his work ethic i don't know like yeah. that's my yeah. word. i know what you mean yeah how, how he goes how about he, his roles yeah. yeah how he performs he meets kazan and gets the part in east of eden this movie focuses quite a lot on their relationship does yes there's a lot of kazan which is okay with me but it's just funny because i don't know it just feels very surface level it's the mentor and his mentee, but it's just... I think it does lose it as well, because I hope this doesn't sound snobby, and I think it will, but maybe not a lot of people know who Kazan is. Yeah, that's true. And the importance of him. Before mm-hmm. doing this pod, if I went to watch this before, I would not know, I could not care less about who this Kazan was. Like, okay, great. You yeah. Car, but okay. So I think this is one of those films where I think actually you should be a fan and watch it. Yeah, I think it enhances. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it's accurate enough to not bother you. Yeah. Because it didn't bother yes. me too much until there's very there's one scene near the end. It's just okay. where they come up with that. But I'm getting cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kazan kind of just became like his new father, and I feel like they didn't really put that across too much. Yeah. But it's cool that they did show like how much they interacted with each other, and that he was pretty important in his career. But he signs a contract with Warner Brothers. There's a lot of Jack Warner in this too. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I think this might actually be my favorite portrayal of Warner. Like where it, to me, it felt like not as corny or like overly yes. dramatic like the other ones. You know, I got an actress's mother calling me, telling me you're molesting her daughter. It's a lucky thing I've been watching your dailies. You'd be out on your ass. <laughs> This genuine walnut. You scratch that, it cost me two thousand dollars. Well, that's more polite. Is there anything else? Yes, there's plenty else, wise guy. If you're thinking of marrying her, forget it. You think fourteen and fifteen year old girls want their heart throb married? On the other hand, you want to marry Miss Ravioli? Go right ahead. Just find yourself another studio. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. You got two weeks left on Eden. I know Nick Ray has been talking to you about Rebel without a cause. And he wants you for it. But you know what I told him? I told him I gotta think about it. Is there anything else? Don't play it smart with me, Jimmy. I'm a lot tougher than you. A lot tougher. Don't get out of my car, please. Like, it's sort of a weird relationship between the two of them where Warner knows Jimmy is going to be a big deal and probably make him a lot of money, but he's also a pain in the ass. And there's one part later where he's like, 
I love you and I hate you. And then Jimmy's like, I hate you and I hate you. And I yeah, think that was a yeah. good, that was like, good encapsulation that of their relationship. And then in a very childish way, I have to add about the gun on the seat. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it on and then Jack Warner sits on it. And then like nothing, I love it. Like he just like nothing like, happens. Then nothing happens. Like, we don't see the payoff. I like, love that. Like it's not cartoonish. Sadly, mm-hmm. the, the warden that sits out is the one from the 90s. But yeah, he's he's subdued a bit as he can be. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting portrayal of him. Yeah. And then we meet Pierre, who This is the worst part of the film. Yeah. All this Pierre stuff is very disappointing. I feel like like we could have skipped the Pierre stuff, which is so hard to say, but I feel like they could have. I think since they didn't handle it well, don't do it or do it better. Pierre was not in this too much to justify James being so upset when she leaves mm-hmm. at the beach house. And I just think that's just a bit, it just all happens so quickly and so suddenly that it's just a bit lost on the viewers. Yeah. Not done the best. Well, maybe my mother's right. Maybe you're just using me to get into the papers. What do you think, though? That's what my mother thinks. What does she want to Okay. We just had one night here alone without your mother in bed with us. She wants me to marry Victor Moan. She what? She wants me to marry Victor Moan. You know, he's Catholic and she likes him a lot. Oh, well, so is the Pope. Why don't you marry him? I can't fight her. Why not? Don't you have a will of your own? It's not about will. What is it? It's a matter of... It's a matter of family and being Catholic. Wait, and what? You tell Victor and your crazy mother to stay out of our lives, all right? You don't understand. I understand, you. but you're not listening to Stop me. Stop yelling at me. I hate that she's been diminished to the love interest yeah. as well. And I don't know. Yeah, they just don't give her like a lot of personality. Yeah. Jimmy has to go to New York and so Piers mad. Yeah. And then we have to see James Franco's butt. Oh, that was nice. Like in his contract. Like, yeah, that was it. a little unnecessary. He's in his towel when they're doing this. You're on a public beach. When yeah, there are people. <laughs> Me. <laughs> we are here. Yeah. yeah, that happens. Oh, because she's talking to him about how they need yeah. to get married. Right, that's it. Yeah. So then her mom can leave them alone. Yeah. But he's just not, he just doesn't care. He's not really that interested. He doesn't see the problem with it. He, he, he yeah. thinks they could just fool around, be together. But for Pierre's mom, it's for an Italian Catholic, it's life or this. You need to get married. And mm-hmm. I think they show her over, I've said this so many times now, but I think they show her being overbearing quite well in this film. Sometimes mm-hmm. she's not cartoonish, but yeah. we do need, I don't know, I think it's Yeah, I mean, she has two fun. scenes, so I yeah. think, I guess they have to make that, drive that yes. point across. Yeah, it's just um, so little time. Yeah, which yeah. is better than in life, yeah. for example. 100%. Plus, I think this kind of shows the bind, too, that Pierre was in, which is good because it was not her fault. No. So then they get married, and I think that's the last time we see Pierre. I think so, yes. We meet Nicholas Ray. Yep. Literally insane. The, he's mad at this film. Yeah. And he's talking to Jimmy about <laughs> Rebel, and Jimmy's just slouched off the sofa mm-hmm. and like a plate of chips and, um, and like a hamburger. A hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a, a lake of ketchup. 
yes. <laughs> so much ketchup. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. The attention to details is perfect. Yeah. He's trying to tell him that he needs to cast Natalie Wood because she's really hot or whatever, which well, is disgusting. She's, yeah. She's but also James at this point in the film doesn't he doesn't want her to be in it because she was a child actor or something. But yes, yeah, yeah. that was actually a complaint that Nicholas Ray had, and that's why he didn't want to hire her. What? And Jimmy knew Natalie already. Oh, that's annoying. That, that yeah. must be annoying to watch. Like, yeah. Why would James Dean care that she was a child actor? Like, I yeah, feel I like he wouldn't. He would. I'm not just saying this. I'm not just saying it, but I did think that was weird coming from him. So yeah. Like, he wouldn't have said. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love that. In, this isn't the only film we have where it's a rebel pitch. I love that. People yeah. just love to mention Rebel. Something else I did notice, we get loads of East Eden stuff. No giant. Yeah, giant, that's true. We do get giant in this film, but like... It's kind of an afterthought. We kind of um get like that relationship between Jimmy and George Stevens, but it's definitely yeah. simplified where oh, it makes it seem like James was being the problem. Yes, um, being like, oh, I'm just staying in my trailer. Yeah. I'm not going to come out. (laughs) They're taking that completely out of context. There's so much stuff that just, it kind of like was a gradual buildup on that set of just animosity. I like that they do the oil scene. I love the oil scene in the original film. So I like that they redid that. That was cool. Yeah. They used, in real life, they used molasses instead of oil. When they filmed Giant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It did not heavy and like sticky and all. Yeah. Nah. Gross. That's a good scene though. Really good. Yeah. And that's like the main point for James Franco to me didn't look like James Dean, but that was the only time to me when he did. Yeah. Maybe because he was covered in oil, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't see it. was it. the oil. Yeah. yeah, you can't see anything. <laughs> But then we get this scene in the movie that I just, I really don't like. I don't know why they put it in here, but we get this whole moment where Jimmy goes to talk to his dad and they're reconciling, but then they pull this reveal. His father says that he's not his biological father. What? And when I tell you, I... That's not right. Scream. I was... That's completely a lie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, speechless. What are they doing with that? What are they trying to do? I don't understand it. That's a bare-faced lie. Yeah. If you look at pictures so of his dad, like, he looks exactly like his dad. To me, it's condones his father's behavior yes. for being a horrible parent because he's not his real son it like all makes sense now like, yeah and this yeah. is why i hated you this whole time <laughs> like um, no they the did thing. not it was so do bad that. i'm like yeah not true right it's not yeah. proven no but yeah, no but like, it's it's just never been said even no you know? like, i don't know where they got they just pulled that out they of just, yeah plucked it out so weird everything was perfect yeah. <laughs> yeah. This ruined the movie quite a bit for me because yeah. also, even if they didn't drop that fake bombshell, they're still basically forgiving his father 
because yeah. James in the movie is forgiving his father. But the thing is, these two never got along. They never had conversations like this. And I think yeah. it's just too movie ending-esque, perfect kind of wrapping things up that just diminishes the real relationship that they had with each other. And them lying about this whole father thing, it shifts the reasoning for his father's behaviors like something that maybe, just maybe you could like find reason for as an audience member, if that makes sense. Yeah. But there's, there's yeah. no justifying what he, how he acts towards James just because yeah. he's not his biological dad. That's just insane. Like James is about to die. We know he's going to die. So it's like, yeah. oh, we got to make sure he and his dad make up with each other. But the, it's more sad that they didn't ever make up with each other. Yeah, exactly. Think about being unopen, um, like open-ended in a way. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a more emotional punch, which I know is horrible to say as it happened in real life. But yeah, very odd for the film choice to go that way. Yeah. This is like daddy issues, isn't it? The film. It really is. I think this is the one that focuses most on it. Oh, yes. For better or worse. I mean, that's, an, but... that's like an agenda, though, for sure. Like They wanted yeah. that to be like the main villain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we, we just go to, like, September 30th yes. crash day. I don't really remember. Are they just driving along? They don't really set it up really, that much? It's really odd because so also as well, throughout the whole film, there is voiceover from James which doesn't make, technically make any sense because the voiceover is from someone who's like alive and like yeah. who's someone. So it's very weird that at the end there's, there's the voiceover. I didn't write it down, but it's like him saying, oh yeah, I went with my mechanic on a drive. Okay. And then it's like that basically. Okay. Um, very matter of fact. So it, it shows him with the, the little bastard sticker on the car and then the mechanic's like, woo, that looks good. And then, yeah, then it's just them driving down the highway I thought this was. I thought this would be a, a classy way of showing it. I thought it would be tasteful. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's tasteful at all. I, <laughs> I think all of the ways they showed a death isn't tasteful. But I will say, I did. I think some of us do this for sure. But I like that it had like about the mechanic with him because mm-hmm. in the '90s one, he's on his own. <laughs> oh really? Yes. That's weird. Don't see it in life. Don't see it in. I'm trying to think in the '70s one if he's there or not. I'm pretty sure there's two of them. I but they think don't say he, who he is. is. Yeah. But they, yeah. yeah, he's just some guy. Just some guy in the car. Yeah. yeah. Which is awful. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, glad, I, I'm sorry, this is really bad. But I think he also mentioned, I think he said his name as well. But I don't know his name. Oh, oh. yeah. Rolf Weatherit. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is good. We, I'll mm-hmm. give them credit for that. Um, yeah. The, so he died as well. Yes. No, he survived. Oh, he, he survived. Yes. He was like severely injured. Oh my god, yeah. So. But I felt that was really respectful in how it showed James. It was told from what I thought was told from love. They did drop the ball at the end mm-hmm. completely. Maybe after the dad scene, they were like, all right, let's just let's throw everything at it. We, yeah. We're done. We're, we want to just call it a day. Let's just do an a, a easy <laughs> car shit scene. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, it definitely doesn't fit the feel. Fit, the vibe of the rest of the film is very odd. It's a bit of an odd ending to go on. I think with all of these, they just felt so rushed. Yeah. Like they're like, oh yeah, we have to include it. But in the rushness, it makes it seem worse than, I don't know how they would do it respectfully per se, but 
it just yeah they they're do. just like I don't know. At I least, don't like it. I know what you mean. It it does feel rushed for sure. You do not have to show the car crash. No. We all know it. You don't have to show it. And they're not even accurate anyways. Don't, just don't do it. But I did like the ending line they had that was like, his narration was, I I took the train ride back to Indiana again. This time my father came with me. So I thought that was sweet, but. I actually got, I feel like I got goosebumps from that. That was very good. Yeah, I like that it mirrored when he was on the train with his mom and I don't know, that was sweet. I guess at least they don't end on the crash, like you said. I think that kind of gives us some time to see the aftermath, which like none of the films, they don't do it that much in this even, but that's an important part of the story too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think about the end like title card saying that it's based on like, this film is based on what's it? Oh, do you have it? Most of this film is based on fact. Some was an educated guess. Wait, what? Why would you say yeah about his dad not being the yeah. real dad? Like, well, why would you say that? That's I don't so know. Is there a, the one with Francis where it's like they know they're lying and they have to yeah. say it through their conscious or something? Although the sad, you know, sometimes you have to tweak a little bit for the story. But yeah, not as egregious as saying that his dad's not his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, that's not educated so- guess. The movie was pretty accurate anyway, like before that. So, yeah, I'm not sure what their intention with this whole ending thing was. Yeah, I don't get it. So did they want to make a final pick about James Dean or did they just want to do this story? Yeah. Because I don't, all of these sort of seem to have this agenda that they were trying to push with like who is the real james dean or whatever <laughs> i want to watch this to learn about these people not to put the filmmaker's agenda on us exactly. I, want to, I want to learn about this life but this actor that i didn't know it's yeah weird what do you think about this as a just a straight up biopic how does it compare to others i think it hits the beats of a biopic for sure and i think it definitely feels like a biopic I don't think it's as cringe as biopics go for trying to make this genius show the genius of stuff. Like, I think it's quite yeah. accurate. I think it's quite, it's very, it doesn't shy away from him being poor. Or, like, it could have glamorized a lot and it didn't. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. I'm really, like, favorable about this film, I feel like. Good. I like it a lot. But good. What, what about you? What do you think? I think it's okay. It's a good starter if you don't, maybe you're just getting into James Dean, but it has the most respect out of all of these films. Yeah. And shows a lot of the struggles he went through that he was always trying anyway the whole time to get where he wanted to go. I still have a lot of issues with it, but it was watchable and had some nice moments those are the five films <laughs> yeah <laughs> Shoot. wow what a time what is so i think we have to do it. i think we've got to rank our james dean portrayals okay we gotta do it okay we, we can just you go first you lift them off i'll do mine see if we have any similars okay this is hard because like they all sucked <laughs> yes yeah 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 <laughs> So it's like the bar is really low, but at the very bottom, 
Number five, I have Casper Van Dien. Okay. Because yeah. he just, I don't really remember him too much. So I don't know if this is fair. If he was good, you would have remembered. I would remember. So, True. Oh, all right. <laughs> no resemblance. So yeah. corny. Number four, I have, I think I'll go with James Preston because he was so boring. I just was like cringing the entire time he said or did anything. <laughs> Yeah, literally saying. And then number three, but this is this is hard. I have Dane DeHaan. I despised his performance, but I feel like at least he looked like him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that puts him ahead of those other two. We were grasping a straw. Yeah. Any wind. (laughs) And then number two, I have Stephen McCaddy because I think he tried given the material. But it just didn't really work for me. But he was yeah. strongest of the poor performances. <laughs> and then number one, I have James Franco. And I mean, we talked a lot about him, but I just think he embodied him the best and was the least like, oh, I'm watching a person playing James Dean out of all of these five. But yeah, that's my ranking. Oh, I love- I love that. Very similar to mine. Don't okay. worry. Um, but I'm going to go left field here. I'm just going to okay. swap those bottom two. I'm going to put James Preston last. Okay. For your Casper reason, that he's not memorable for me. could not remember <laughs> anything about Joshua Tree, apart from the fact that I hated it so much. So clouds and everything. Sure. And that watch scene was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't forgive him for that. I just can't. He yeah. didn't even try. He didn't even try. He just beat out the guy straight away. So James Preston's going to say. Yeah. Then I'm going to do Casper Van Dien. Only because, once again, so bad it's good. Just yeah. it's so bad. I will never forget how bad he was. Didn't look at even like him. Didn't sound a bit like him. But fair play for taking that check and getting that role. Like, you got to respect it. True. Then, yeah, I'm going third thing to hand only saving grace is that train scene mm-hmm. if, if it wasn't for that train scene he could have been bought up oh he, wow he, yeah it did nothing for me but that train scene was beautiful and i think the response he got from me was i can't believe i'm watching the actor do this <laughs> be that bad derogatory yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> derogatory in brackets <laughs> and yeah second is steve mohatty we're literally second in what you said is that he tried yeah, you know what? He really did try, and sometimes, like I said, he had the glasses. Like it was, you could see it was there. Yeah, and yeah. No, number one, number one boy, James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole different. It's a completely different performance mm-hmm. physically. I just believe that he could be James D. Yeah, not that he was, but he could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly the bottom three i was like really all of them just are they the bottom be, yeah, yeah exactly. joint number joint five <laughs> dave the doesn't deserve to get bronze medal but no alas, here he is <laughs> <laughs> i guess another thing we could just touch on briefly is like i think we mentioned like all of these films portrayed james in a a, a negative light in some ways and I know a lot of people like know think of James Dean that way. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on all of these biopics 
sort of playing a role in that? And what kind of responsibility do you think biopics should have, I guess, in like telling these stories? This is a really good question, but I do want to say, everything I'm going to say is tricky because also these films are not well-known or well-watched, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, please don't watch Uh, these. (laughs) But it doesn't, I don't think it alters too much of public perception, but it does eat into the stereotypical view of him, which isn't true. Like how he's seen as this bad boy of cinema, he's a rebel, and all those all these films do play a part in that for sure. I don't I only because I just don't know if mainstream audiences would watch any of these films. <laughs> yeah. But I think correctly. Life was like the most popular oh, yeah, one true. on Letterboxd, yes. but not I don't think by too much. No, but Life is so popular, I completely forgot about Life. Yeah, so I'm so used to these TV movies. Yeah. But probably just because Robert Pattins. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Boy. <laughs> No, but they all do. They all are victim to it of mm-hmm. how they portray James and that it's this fake macho man, bad boy on a motorbike. That's not healthy at all, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite bad. Because what I would write to my notes is that if this is the first time you're learning about something, like about his mom dying or the Indiana farm, and this is the first time you learn about it, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the way to learn about it because they don't tell it right or like they tell it in an awful way. Like they use it as exposition and it's just not a good way of telling the story at all in yeah. all of these biopics. So they definitely do not. They tarnish his reputation to some degree. I agree. So it's quite bad. Yeah. Think more about Dean on a better level because I'm still a newbie. So I want to know your take on this. <laughs> you need to leave oh, it. I, like, I'm intrigued. Okay. It just hurts me as a fan because... I want people like who do watch these films to know who he was as a person and like that he was very complicated. And I feel like these movies, they just show him in this one light. And I don't think it's even an interesting one. He really was just like a very lost and confused person, but he was also trying to find his purpose. I think that's how he mirrors Cal and East of Eden in a lot of ways is like, what is my purpose and what am I supposed to do with my talents? These movies just, they don't really show to me like James Dean as the actor. And I think that was such a pivotal part of his character and how he approached the world. The movies just do him a disservice by not displaying all of the things that made him such an interesting person. Because it's like, why are you even making this movie if you're making it bland? And there's no personality to a lot of these. And that's why so many people love James Dean is because he had his heart on his sleeve, basically. And I just hate to see people like on Letterboxd writing that he was just an asshole and he had no talent and things like that. And I don't think you should go to a biopic anyway to get that. I know, but still, if it's someone you care about, you don't want to see that, especially yeah. then written under a bad film that, like, perpetuates that. Exactly. And just, like, the lack of respect. I know we talk about this with all of the biopics, but it's just very really disappointing. 
he deserves respect, I think, given all that he went through. And it's like the lack of context. I think that's the main thing. There's like no context to or backstory to a lot of these things. Because yeah, we get that his mom died and his dad was very neglectful, but we don't really see how that shaped him into the person that he became. And just spitting out all these little factoids is just so like more cliche than really like shedding any light on who he was as a person. But I just think if people don't know much about him, or they see him as like a Marlon Brando clone or whatever, like these movies aren't going to help with pushing all that aside and seeing the real James Dean. So I think that's like the main concern for me is like the regular people not getting the love. Like they should love him too. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah exactly. Why should it just be the proper fans in it? Why can't the yeah. public get this? side of him that we see so yeah it's frustrating really yeah I guess we could talk about like our dream biopic director story actor if he had one things like that uh oh I've not thought of any of the actors <laughs> me neither <laughs> I'm not a fantastic <laughs> brain yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this kind of just came to me when we were talking yesterday for me I love film recreation so this does go against what you said because obviously I think you want to get more backstory and stuff but I want a giant behind the scenes like I want us to tell about what happened there not even the dramas and the turmoils but because like, James Dean and Elizabeth Taylor were like chatting every night they were getting deep I want to see that in a film yeah I need to see that in a film <laughs> that would, would be like so cool and then it's just because I love it when it's just time contained I would just want to see Giant see how we got on with this director like I just want to see that that would be my dream James Dean biopic because we've seen all the New York stuff I want something contained yeah I love no, that I, I couldn't even I, I, there's literally I'm so thankful we didn't have to sign cast because there's no actor <laughs> yeah unless you thought of one but I can't no. do any yeah I think and he's not alive but I think the only person I could really think of would be River yes but yeah yeah because he's the only person to me that kind of had those same qualities of just like raw emotion. Yeah. I think a giant one would be great though, because as you mentioned, like it just gets shoved aside, like in all yeah. of the biopics. Exactly. It does. It does. They, know, yeah. they always want to open on the East and they always want to show the red jacket, but we get mm-hmm. nothing of giant and we need that. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for giant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. I would really love to see Sofia Coppola do one, like in the vein of Priscilla. Yeah. I know she like focuses on women, but I think she would handle his story really well because, and I think Priscilla is like the perfect example of fame and how that affects you psychologically and it's just so respectful and I just really love that movie and I would love to see something like that for James and just very meditative study of him as a person Um, that's very good he's also like an honorary woman (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's one of the girls so yeah that's perfect that's Um, a shout honestly that's so good oh good thanks and then I had another one that will never get made, but Ooh, yeah. because he's not alive. But I think an Elia Kazan movie about James Dean would be interesting because they knew each other on a yeah. very deep yeah. level. 
And I think his style would fit. I mean, it would be like East of Eden a little bit. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. Really good. Yeah, I like that. But I really didn't have a story idea per se, but just who was James Dean as a person kind of thing. Would you really want one to get made or do you think we should just stop? I don't know because I am very fearful that a part of me wants to say yes to that. I think I Yeah. I want a good film made about him. I yeah. really do. I know we're in an epidemic of biopics. <laughs> they are cute there. Oh, I do. I think I do. I really do. Yeah, I'm yeah. going all in. I, okay. want, I want one, to be honest with you. I really do. I think it's time. I'm fearful people are forgetting about him. So mm-hmm. I think it's time. And this is now the best time because everyone's like nostalgic and nostalgic. Like it's yeah. rule from the 50s. But like... <laughs> People love that stuff now. So I feel yeah. like it's it's the perfect time. What about you? I would, but only if it was good. <laughs> if it was Sophia Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> because I think it's time to have a really just good one, not a TV movie. <laughs> Please, what we're asking a for. A full film production. Yes. But yeah, I'm just fearful. What would they do? Because I think, in all honesty, the movies got worse. Like, the longer they went on. I cannot fathom. It's the life for me. It's life Mm -hmm. and how bad Dane was. That makes me very fearful that future actors would look at that and be like, okay, that's how we talk. That's what scares me. Yeah. (laughs) How could you make that? That was eight years ago. And how could you make that? And it was so bad. (laughs) I know, right? You'd think they would get better. Exactly. It's always even simple though. Like the Franco one was like not simple, but like it's not like the most visually stunning film you ever see. It's just a raw film about this man. And I feel like that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We need we don't need these stunning shots no. in cinematography. I just want to see a story about this man that I love. Yeah. <laughs> I with a see good a performance. Player. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I could not think who could And respect for Pierre, please. Yeah, respect for Pierre. <laughs> Keep the Jack Warner account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't show his death, either. Yeah. Simple. There you like, go. Come on, we're literally giving it to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know who would play him. It may have no, to be no somebody new because it, I feel like if somebody else did it, I'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so playing James Dean. Yeah. There's no one that's ever come out to me and be like, James Dean. Yeah. Yeah. We need a new boy on the block. How do you think James Dean should be remembered? I think I just want him to be remembered. I think I say this all the time, but like, (laughs) I I want him to lose this cool guy exterior that people have put on him, the rebel Mm -hmm. side of him. I want that gone because it's not the whole story. He had a difficult life, and I wish people saw that and understood that. And then also, I want him to be remembered as well. I was just, I, I probably also said this again, but like, this is the best actor ever to do it. There's no one comparable to him at yeah. all. And I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be forgotten about because I fear it will be. I do have a fear that he's only been in three films, he may get forgotten about. And so I just want everyone mm-hmm. to remember how he was the best actor ever. That's Love nice. Him. What about you, Audrey? How do you want James Dean to be remembered? I guess just going off what you said, 
based on like how younger people have talked about him, I do feel like he isn't getting a lot of respect nowadays, um, which could just come down to the fact that we've seen, I'm not saying better, but that style of acting has been elaborated on maybe a little bit and his impact and his influence has been lost. And I think just going back to recognizing that would be nice. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone has to like him, but just appreciate that side of him. I also think he should be remembered for like anything that doesn't have to do like with his death, because I feel like there was like this whole discourse that goes around about is was the Porsche cursed? Did he have a death wish? Stuff like that, that I just like don't think really matters that much. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, probably just same with you. Just his acting really to me is like the only thing that I think he wanted to be known for and like that he told so much of his own story through that so you don't need to really debate about his sexuality or his personal life things like that I'm glad to know that he still has a huge following and people still like him and champion him but in a way like sometimes I wish he wasn't like so iconic because then I feel like he gets lost in the yes. all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a detriment, like a ball and chain. Yeah. It was nice to cover him on this podcast because I know he's probably like one of the more popular people we've talked about, yeah. but just really getting into his story again was kind of nice and made me realize like how much I really do care about him. And I forgot about that. Oh, but. That's good, yeah. though, that you've got back to that. That's yeah. really good. I've, I've loved every second yeah. of it, obviously. Love it. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you are now a fan. But... Such a fan. And that's just, like, his power, I guess. He still yeah. appeals to people. Yes. Yeah. Today. Perfect. Any final thoughts? Watch East Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best film ever. <laughs> And I'm excited to come around to Giant as well. So Okay, um, good. Watch his films. So easy. Love him so much. Very glad we did this. Good. How about you? Final thoughts? I would say if you're interested, people should watch his TV shows. Yeah. There's a lot on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See more of his range. If you don't, if you don't like his movies, I think the TV shows offer something new, something else and there's so many photos learning stories behind those not even just the Dennis Stock photos but he collaborated with Roy Shat and Sanford Roth they both they captured different periods of his life if you're interested in that kind of thing should I should we close out that's it I think that's okay let's out gracefully with James yeah wow 2023 is over by the time oh, yeah. it's almost over by the time this comes out it's crazy it feels like it's been over it's great <laughs> yeah that's true it's been a long year <laughs> but we have an exciting future episode we are wrapping up all the stuff we watched in 2023 and we're very excited about our schedule for next year we've got some really good people lined up. We're going to do something a little bit different. So that should be fun. 
And thank you all for listening and sticking with us through this year. We love you all so much and can't wait to see what's in store for 2024. (laughs) This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Thank you.